Welcome to My Life, Chassidus Applied, episode 301. What a week this has been. The entire world, as we know it, has been turned upside down. Virtually every person on earth, every sector in society, has been impacted and upended, disrupted, by the outbreak of the coronavirus, which is just continuing to grow, Rahman al-Islam. Who would have believed? I was planning to do a special program this week to honor the 100th yard site of the Rebbe Rashab and the 100th assuming of leadership of the Friedrich Rebbe on the same day, Beis Nissen Tafresh Pei, the second day of Nissen in 1920. Now we're in 2020 to honor the Rebbe Rashab. Speak about, as we're entering in the month of Nissen, the Chedesh about redemption. Messages from Pesach, Parshavayikra, Rashkhaidish Nisan, so many powerful topics. They're still all relevant. They still live and are eternal. But now we have to look at them through another lens because we cannot ignore events going on around us. Number one, as the Rambam says, when a catastrophe strikes, it's axodious, it's cruel, be insensitive to make us believe it just happened. It's not negated to me. Secondly, the Ashgach is the divine providence that is affecting so many people, including Jews, and above all, the Sakana connected to it. The danger involved. So this is an issue that we cannot ignore. It's an issue we must address, and we must address with fortitude and clarity as much as possible. One thing is clear, that all the systems that we know this whole material world has no answers and is not certain and is not secure. So what do we fall back on? We need to go back to a different reality. The reality that has always been there beneath the surface. Real emes. God. Our neshama. Why are we here on earth? What's our purpose? This is the time in which we are in right now. So questions have been literally pouring in beyond my ability to even cover them all. That's why I'm dedicating this program, special edition, part three. We've talked about it last week and three weeks ago. And this program is dedicated in loving memory of Moshe Hakayan ben Tzien, son of Tzien. Yarsait on the 23rd of Odr, dedicated by the Nash family. And I thank them for allowing this program and many other programs, especially in this crisis and times where just as we need direction and guidance and instructions from the health authorities in our physical health, spiritual health is equally as important because fear and demoralization can sometimes take a greater toll on our psyches than even the fever itself, than the virus itself. Not to minimize that. So we are here to try to provide empowering tools, empowering resources to feed and nourish and strengthen our spirits in this time when we're being asked to be isolated, being asked to be socially distant is the expression being used. Stay home. But we're never really distant. We may be physically, socially distant, but we're spiritually and soulfully connected more than ever and closer more than ever. So... We will not just continue doing these programs, we're going to increase 
a whole series of different programs that will be released this week, including daily, daily powerful messages, calling them soulful antidotes, short message each day, just as we're hearing the news of the negative sort, let us hear news on how to reinforce and how to bolster and how to build up our own inner resources, recognizing that we're not in control of what's going on outside of us, but we're completely in control of what's going on inside of us. And that's the message, the theme, and the gist of what we should be doing. And I take my cue from one place, which is the Torah itself, and through the lens of the Rebbe, witnessing, seeing how the Rebbe addressed every crisis, always through the power of Torah, through the eyes of Torah, and looking at everything from that perspective, from the divine perspective. That includes the entire picture. So, as I said, many, many questions have come in, and... Um, I'll just break them down into categories because they, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, I would say hundreds of questions. From different, I see from different segments of different audiences, younger, older, we'll also be doing programs, I should mention, for students. So if you have any ideas of a program, since everybody is quarantined or in some ways localized in their homes and can't really go anywhere, that this is a great opportunity. So if you have any suggestions of ideas of a particular program, it could be questions and answers, it could be uh, a, a discussion. It can be many different formats. We have today all types of interactive platforms to be used. Please don't hesitate to share and suggest, and we'll try to accommodate. This is the time for us to rise to the occasion, to be there for each other, and to do everything possible, to everything possible, to strengthen our spirits in this challenging time. And there's no doubt we've gone through 3,800 years of history. There's a formula how we have not just survived and not just endured, but thrived and grown. As we were oppressed, as they were oppressed, which is, of course, a verse. They thrived and they flourished, a verse that we, that we read associated very much to the days, upcoming days of Pesach. So let me break down the questions and categories, and I'll try to address them as best of my ability. Um, so there's questions about what is God's plan going on? Why now? We're the Rabbeim in all of this. Especially in these times, Beis Nissen, Yudalef Nissen, Pesach coming up. How are we to behave? What should be the religious attitude? Some people are very confused about that. Can faith heal? A balance between caution and positivity. Practical things that we can do. Lessons from Mitzrayim and Egypt, from Yitzhiz Mitzrayim that we're about to celebrate in the next few weeks. Historical precedents for plagues and diseases and epidemics like this, a pandemic. And finally, Mashiach connection. Is there a connection to Mashiach? This is my own summing up, taking all the questions and try to put them into groups and categories as much as possible to keep a little organization. Thank God for technology, because we would not be able to be doing this. We'd each be quarantined in our own homes, and uh, maybe uh, if we had a telephone, yes, you could speak by phone, but that's also a technology. So thank God we have the ability to connect. And as the Rebbe would say very often, that the machshirim, the technology that allow us to connect, that even if we're physically separate, we're spiritually one, soulfully one. As he says in the Tanya Pediklamet Beis, that our physical bodies are different, but our souls are all part of one organism, one entity.
And that's what we need to reach out. That's what we need to reach into and access and connect in that way because we need each other more than ever. We need each other more than ever in this critical time. Not just to put our heads together, not just to fight the disease, not just to protect ourselves and our children and our families and everyone that, that, that around us, but also morally and spiritually and soulfully. We need to connect because that gives us strength to fight anything that needs to be fought. So we'll begin with God's plan. We don't know God's plan. Let's start with that. We don't know God's plan. But I want to begin with a letter that I received, a very touching letter. It broke my heart. It's a letter actually from Milan, Italy. Ground zero now of so many deaths and so much pain and suffering. So the letter, briefly, it's a long letter. I'll just read it briefly. We are a, uh, a young family that lives in, part of, in, the, in a, an outskirts of Milan, Italy. And we listen avidly to your programs, including your My Life Citizen Applied programs. We're now in total lockdown. We've lost a relative, an, old, an elderly grandmother, due to the virus. We are all terrified. But I have to tell you that I sat with my family, me and my wife, and our three children, and we've been listening, especially last week's program, because it's one of the things, the lifelines we hold on to. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you are continuing these programs and that they're giving strength. You should know, if no one else, you're giving strength to hear a family in Milan, Italy. And yet, it's still challenging. How can we hold on? So we're doing what we have to do. And we heard what you had said, and we're familiar with the idea that God runs the show, and for some reason God wants us now to be in this situation. And we have to surrender to that fact and make the best of it. But it's still extremely, extremely difficult seeing so much pain, so much death, so much uncertainty. When will this end? So please share this letter with your audience and share any more words you can add for strength and courage in these trying times. So the letter speaks for itself. It captures the feelings of so many of us, but they are actually right there in the heart of it all. And we hope that it should not reach to that type of proportions anywhere else. Shem Yishmar, God should protect us all. I don't have an answer. Like, I don't have an answer to why the Holocaust happened. I don't want to compare tragedies, obviously. We don't have answers because God is God. God has his own plan. But one thing we know, and we don't have to be surprised by, look at the 3,800 years of our history. We have traveled. We've been expelled. We've been killed. We've suffered. Every type of disease, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, oppressions, and we're here. So yes, God leads the footsteps of man, and we've always known that. The Jews didn't decide to go to Mitzrayim because they were going for a sightseeing tour. Yosef ended up there against his will. Yaakov ended up there against his will. But that's where God wanted them to be. And that's where they became a nation. Who would have known it at the time? But that was the promise. And I'm specifically using that story because that's the story that we're about to be experiencing and we're preparing for. We're supposed to be learning about Hilchus Pesach now and preparing for it. So the first message of Pesach is we, places we travel to in this world are usually not up to us. How do people come to America in the first place? How do people end up in Europe, 
in other places in the world. Why are you in one place, I'm in another place? God leads the footsteps of a human being. The Friedrich Rebbe once touched and said, where it says, we say, Ona Hashem, What's my Ona Hashem? Please God, because I am your servant, what's the request? So he says, Ona, with the word hey, not an aleph, not please God, Ona Hashem. Ona, where? Where I am is up to you, Hashem. Why? Because I'm your servant. I go where you send me. The Friedrich Rebbe never wanted to leave Russia. He said it clearly. He never wanted to leave Europe. He had to, he was forced. He says, God forced me to come. Now that I'm here, it means, according to God's plan, that's why I'm here, I have to do what I have to do. I remember the Rebbe speaking about this in all circumstances. In the challenges when Crown Heights was going through upheavals in the mid-60s, the big exodus, the pogroms, the attacks in all urban cities, the Rebbe said, no, we are here, we have a job to do, we're on the front line. Eretz Yisrael, even in times of danger. No, this is where you are. South Africa. Always the same approach. God has led you there. You have to do what you have to do. That doesn't mean that you have to not be prudent. But we are led by God. And in each situation, we have to find the circumstance. People are repeating a lot the stories. I might as well repeat it, even though it's said many times with Rabbi Lamelech and his brother, Abzushan and Rabbi Lamelech Midlizhensk. They were once, short, make it short, they were once in prison and they were very depressed. Why? Because, well, so, so one of them said to the other, why are you so depressed? He said, depressed because look, I'm sitting here, can't make a bracha. Because in the room, the cell, there was also a place to relieve yourself. So you can't make a bracha officially, halachically. So the brother said to him, but that goof is also halacha from Hashem, not to make a bracha. When he realized that, he got up to dance. Because the simcha is also like that. Like the Friedrich Rebbe had said when he was in prison. They asked him, do you know where you are? He says, yeah, I'm in a place that's potter from a mezuzah. That's absolved from having a mezuzah. Basically, it's like a, 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 a horse a stall. A stall. So even that was Megala, as the Rebbe explains, even though it's potter from a mezuzah, but that also is a halacha. So he started to dance. When the guards, and everyone else started to dance in the prison as well, when the guard, the anti-Semitic guard, heard they were all dancing, they said, why are you dancing? He says, because that rabbi started dancing. He went in, angry, he says, why are you dancing? And he kept on dancing, he was oblivious. So someone said to the guard, I think it's connected something to that, to that bowl in the room, the toilet bowl. So the guard said, really? I'll show you, Jew. And he pulled it out, and that was that. So now they can make a bracha. The point is that there's a simcha in every given situation. It's not that we asked for it, but once you're there, you do what you have to do. So we didn't ask for this, we did not expect this, but this is where we are. So God's plan, we don't know the bigger plan. We know that it will always end up being good. We know we have to do what the Torah tells us to do. And to continue to have our upbeat spirit, even as we're being careful. So why now? Again, why is it happening now in such a tkufa, right before Pesach, between Purim and Pesach? That's when it all really began, right before Purim. We will never know. But the lessons of Purim and Pesach are extremely relevant now, no doubt. Again, as the Rebbe said many number of times, we don't ask why. We ask what can we do about it. 
And Purim and Pesach teach us many lessons what we can do when, when there are dire circumstances and how we rise to the occasion. And we say, why have I reached to this situation? Why am I here today? Why are we all here today in this generation, in this time? This is what we need to teach ourselves and our children. How we fortify our inner resources in this time when outer control has been taken from us in so many ways. So someone asked the question, where is God in all of this? And the, where the Rabbeim? They're right there. And they're giving us the strength. I just read a letter from the Rebbe. just happened to come my way a few days ago. Where someone asked the Rebbe, why do we have to go through such difficulties? And this I share also to the family in Milan and to anyone listening, wherever you may be. Because I know that thousands and thousands of people listen from all over the world. The letter the Rebbe explains why there are difficulties. And the Rebbe says this is an age-old question, an important question says it's bound to the very purpose of existence. A good God giving us challenges means that challenges are necessary for us. And the Rebbe gives four basic explanations. Number one, that the ultimate goodness is not when you get a gift, but when you work at it. Bread of shame is when you receive a gift. It's through your effort. Number two, when it's through your effort, it also reveals deeper resources you have. If you had no challenge, you would just coast along. A challenge causes you to dig deeper. Number three, it actually adds a whole deeper satisfaction when a person earns something through their own effort. And finally, the Rebbe says, it goes on a deeper level, he says, when you struggle for it and becoming through difficulties, then you own it, it becomes yours. It's not given to you from another reality. It becomes so integrated and internalized. And the Rebbe says, this is also the reason for Golos. All the pains of Golos, even though it's a punishment, because we sinned, but there's no such thing as a punishment that doesn't have any positive, because nothing from God is only a punishment. And what's the goodness? That we are able to internalize it, because it's coming through our effort. Now, is this what we want? Is this what we would prefer? Of course not. And we pray to God, absolutely not. But there is something about now, the time now, is to rise to the occasion. It's so easy to choose cowering and fear, retreating, demoralization. We have to look at the Torah, Exodus, the Rabbeim, and especially in this Kufa, the period of Purim, into Pesach, and including Beis Nissen, as we'll talk about in a moment, and see it as a resource, see it as power and strength to see it through, to recognize that this challenge is meant for us to bring out the best in us. What kind of skills and talents will come out will be extracted from us that we may not even be aware of during this period. What nobility, what dignity, the goodness and kindness you see. I just had my niece was married yesterday. We couldn't go. I couldn't go to the wedding. But I went to the chuppah. We stood all distantly quarantined. And it was, trust me, plenty of challenges regarding this wedding. Who wants to have a wedding that has all these in all these, all these restrictions, grandparents can't come, families can't come. But it turned into be, what a Kiddush Hashem. What a celebration. How Jews dug deeper. And the simcha of the whole community. They drove the car around, they had a whole system driving through all the streets. And people who were never probably participated in a wedding, suddenly, especially in this time, need a little simcha, all felt, not just that I'm coming to someone else's simcha, it's my simcha. There are very hard words, very few words that can hard to describe the sentiment. But I saw what kind of greatness can come out of people. 
So how many strengths are going to come out from us? Now, is that what we asked for? Is that what we wanted? No, this is not an explanation. Let me make this clear. This is not explaining God. This is explaining why we have challenges. This is explaining what we can do about it. Not why it happened. That's not a question we can ask. It's not up to us. This is a divine hand that has far greater mysteries than that because it goes back to the mystery of existence itself, why we're here. But the fact is we are here now in this time, in 2020, coronavirus that has attacked, invisible enemy attacked this country, all the countries in the world, and we're all in it together because no one is immune. So that letter from the Rebbe is such a powerful letter. How are we going to rise to the occasion? Now talk about Beis Nissen. Since Beis Nissen 100 years. So I was going to discuss the Rebbe Rashab, I actually have the honor to teach every day a shir in Ayin Beis. And the Rebbe Rashab revolutionized the whole approach to looking at life. A big part of Chassidus, and maybe all of Chassidus, is to teach us of a higher reality, a divine reality. And to show us that this physical reality, as much as God wants us here, and as much as our purpose is to transform it and turn it into a dirabitachtenim, a home for the divine, but a physical existence and reality is negligible, is temporary, is really an illusion in a certain way. Not an illusion as doesn't exist, but as an illusion if you think it's a reality of its own. No. It's a reality that is just the tip of the iceberg of a far, far broader spiritual and divine reality. When you learn Chassidus, especially the Rebbe Rashab, this is the waters you swim in. I can't tell you how much it helps me in times like this, because that's the reality you can go to now. The reality that's far broader. The reality we're all so used to. Physical existence, the institutions, the security blankets, the comfort zones, all the conventions that we were so accustomed to, suddenly all has been stripped away from us. So if you have nothing else, it can be quite devastating, quite horrific, quite panicky. But when you know there's another reality, this doesn't make it easier, doesn't make it less unsettling, but you have something to re- lean back on. You have something to lean back on. You have family, you have people you love, you have your noble values, you have the things that you want to achieve in this world. That's what we need to be embracing now. And the Rebbe Rashab, epitomize that. The man who the Rebbe, the fifth Chabad Rebbe, whose Yorzeit we honor at the end of this week, on Thursday, the 100th anniversary of his Yorzeit. I'm not going to elaborate more as I would have because there's all the topics to talk about, but there's much to be learned. There's actually a powerful story with the Rebbe Rashab connected to Amagefa, connected to an epidemic, a pandemic, which we'll talk about a little later. The Sefer Tera, the Igris Kedish, so to honor you, I'm sorry, to honor Beis Nissen, we'll talk about that story and the messages that we can learn from the Rebbe Rashab story regarding our times. So yes, this year Purim and Pesach takes on a whole new shape and form. We usually celebrate them in beautiful ways, but now it's sense of urgency. And relevance to us is far deeper. You start looking at the story of Purim, the story of Pesach, you start saying, let's look at the similarities. And there are many similarities, as we shall discuss. But the next question, who do we turn today for answers? 
During biblical times, when there was a national crisis, one person writes, we would ask the Urim Vetumim, that was the breastplate, the Kayin Gadol's breastplate, for answers what to do. Since we don't have that available today, what tools are available to us to use to get answers from Hashem, from God, on what to do about the coronavirus? We have an Urim Vetumim of a different form, it's called the Teirah. Teiras Emes, Teiras Chaim, Heiroa Bachaim. And we have the Teiras representatives, the authorities that were given Smiche Ishme Piish Rabonim, who can direct and translate the Teiras for our time and the challenges that we face. So we have direction. And we have the Rabbeim, the Rabbeim who laid out a blueprint and answered questions of all sorts, including issues that are related to our times, how to deal with it both from a halachic legal point of view and from a spiritual point of view. So we are not loy almin Yisrael, we are not orphaned. We have plenty of resources to turn to. And that's precisely what the focus of this program is all about, is to use those resources and apply them and translate them into our times. So let's move now to the next question. So how are we to behave? What is the, the, what is, so what does the Torah say? What does the Torah say? And this touches upon a lot of different issues. What is our responsibility when a plague breaks out? So this has already been spoken about, so I'm going to be short about it, but it's critical to mention. Because this gets down to how people are asking, what is the religious attitude? Some people, in a completely distorted and obscene way, either due to their ignorance or due to their... um, completely delusional, think, you know what? We don't have to worry. The Tachem, trust in God, do your mitzvahs, go to shul, and everything will be fine. But there's a Torah that talks about matters like this. There's a Torah that talks about when there's a sakona, when there's an epidemic and a pandemic, it's not the first time, God forbid. And there are clear halachas about this. That the first thing you have to ask is Arov. And what does Arov do? Arov asks a doctor. Because the mumchim in the area are the people who have the medical authority to tell you what the story is. And, and it's been clear, unequivocal, that this is a sakona, a danger for everybody. The fact that it may impact some people worse than others, but it's a danger for everybody because everybody can be a carrier. So it's been stated clearly by Rabbanim across the board, whether it's in Etzisrael or in America, in one city or another city, stay home. So people say, what about Aminian? What about Kriya What about Kaddish? Here a question asks, may God Almighty reveal the cure to coronavirus immediately? Amen. A practical question, if someone is quarantined, but is supposed to say Kaddish with a minion, how can they do so under these circumstances? The answer is, even Yom Kippur and Shabbos, let alone Minyonim, Kaddish, it's Deche. When there's a Sakon, even a Suffolk of a Sakon of danger, that's all that matters. You want sources? Go to Yeda Deya Ramah, Simon Kuftez Zayin, Kuftez Vov, Kuftez Zayin, I'm sorry, where he speaks specifically, he speaks there, the whole issue there is about Gedela Sakanta Meisuda, that a danger is worse than a prohibition. Because it says, V'chai the whole Torah is based on living it. So if you have an issue, something you're prohibited to do, but there's a danger, danger always overrides issur, prohibition. And the, the, the halach is there, that whole simon in Kufta Zayin talks about different dangers. And the Ramah adds that if a plague, an epidemic breaks out in a city, 
You have to run away and not later when it ends. Right away in the beginning. And he says clearly, do not rely on a miracle. He brings it from the Madil and many other sources. We know that Rabbi Akiva Eger has been quoted, I quoted it last week and quoted by a number of Rabbonim as well. Rabbi Akiva Eger in his Igris, he writes it clearly. Just to read the Loshan from the Rabbi Akiva Eger, just to give you the, how strong it is. He says, this is an Igris Sofrim Siflamet, he says, He's harti pamim harba bazora achrazora. I warned in warning after warning. She you anagosom that your behavior should be. It was talking the time of a plague. Kefishisodru vashashoftu harefim. The way the doctors have 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 ruled to be careful in every possible way from anything that can be dangerous. And anyone that does not listen to the directive of the doctors, Hashem is a sinner to God. Very much so. Because danger is greater than the Isur. Because God forbid, he's causing danger to himself and to others, causing the, the illness to spread in a city, and the sin is heavy to carry. I'm specifically saying it with the fullest authority of these sources. Now we have the Rabbanim. They don't, I mean, this, these are excellent sources. But we have Rabbanim that are Paskin. So that's, this is not even a question. And we don't have to look for loopholes and we don't have to cut corners. There's danger and that's it. We don't have to be smarter than Rabbanim and smarter than doctors. So the other side of the coin says, if that's the case... So that means we should be panicking. We should be cowering in fear of all that's happening here. Hysteria. No. It's two separate things. The Rebbe writes in a letter to someone. That who had an illness. And the Rebbe says to him, as far as the illness, as far as the bodily part of the illness, you have to listen to doctors. As far as your mind and your heart, there you have to, you're not a doctor. You don't have to immerse yourself in medications and, med- and medical interventions. There you have to think and trust in God. Similar answers that Rebbe gave to different people. Someone once has the Rebbe that one doctor told him that he has to do some interventions. The other doctor told him everything will be fine. So he says, the first doctor, you should listen, your body should listen. The second doctor, your soul and your neshama and your mind and heart should listen to. Because trachlut v'zangut is not a contradiction to interventions that we have to do. Because the same God that told us, trust in me and think good and it will be good, the same God also told us, go to a doctor. It's not a contradiction. That's the beauty of Yiddishkeit. That God works through the natural means. So we have to do whatever is in our power naturally and health-wise and listen to doctors to the letter of the law and beyond the letter. Especially when it comes to danger. At the same time, our neshamas don't belong to doctors. Our neshamas don't belong to the medical profession, to the health profession. It belongs to God. But at the same time, which means that our spirits and our attitude, while doing exactly what every doctor says you should do, has to always remain upbeat. Because as I said earlier, even though we don't have control over the medical side of it, except to do what we're told to do, to protect ourselves, our children, the strangers, everyone, but we have control of our attitudes. And it's not a contradiction. 
So this type of distortion that some people feel faith will solve it all. Or others the opposite. No faith at all, I just follow doctors. No, there's a combination. You need both. And that's when it works best. So someone asked the question, guarantee. If we take responsible precautions by wearing a mask and cleaning our hands, often as doctors are suggesting, and we say till him and pray that we don't get coronavirus, are we guaranteed that we won't get it? Guarantees Hashem makes. We have to do whatever we have to do, and we are completely confident, that's betachen trust, that it will work out. But yes, you have to do exactly that. Combination of both. Following whatever doctors say, whatever health professionals say, whatever the government is telling us to do. And simultaneously, Davin, absolutely, say more tillim. We're going to talk a little later about different things from the Rabbeim, that suggestions that should be done in times like this. Guarantees, that's up to God. I don't think we have to be sitting and saying, if I do this, it's guaranteed, and then I We don't have to worry. But I don't like the word guaranteed, and I don't think that's the word that we should insert here. Okay. Again, I'm taking many questions. I'm trying to do it in this organized way of like a narrative where it's with different sections. So then, now comes this question. How do we then maintain balance and thinking good in face of disease, death, and uncertainty? Okay. How do you do that? So I spoke earlier because we do that, because we also have a neshama. We're not just physical machines that are dependent on the health parts of it. We also have a neshama. The health has to be taken care of, a to the, to, to the furthest extreme, not leave one drop of any sakon, any danger, God forbid, but we also have a neshama. So it's been pointed out that the pasuk in Mishle, in Kapitel Yudches, Pasuk Yudalit, there's a pasuk. It says, "Ruach ishi chalka machlev, ruach nocha mi yisayano." A man's spirit will sustain his illness, but a broken spirit, who will bear it? So, some have pointed out that the targum there actually says, "Ruchayet de gavra to savor kurhone." Something that sounds the word for machla, machlev is kurhone in targum. I think it's targum yenison. Verucha bechachato min nitone. So let's stop. What does Rashi say what the Pasuk means? Even though the Pasuk is pretty clear. So Rashi says, very straightforward, that when a person's spirit of a Gevet does not take worry to heart, he doesn't daigi, he doesn't worry, but accepts with joy and love, with simcha and ave, whatever comes his way, that itself will give him strength to fight the illness. He does not lose his strength. A man's spirit will sustain his ills. That means his ruach, his spirit, his attitude will give him strength to fight the illness. And a broken spirit, who will bear it? Clearly stating, even on a very basic level, and doctors will testify this, your attitude affects your immunity. Now obviously still, we still need to do whatever necessary from a medical point of view. But attitude is a big one. Attitude affects Immunity systems. When people have guests coming in a hospital, or people have an upbeat attitude, they have hope, it strengthens their will to fight and strengthens their immunity system. And God forbid, I don't want to mention the other side. So how do we do this? 
Now is the time to reinforce and strengthen and nourish and nurture our souls. And the more you do so, the more we have a positive attitude. So we have to be prudent, we have to be careful, we have to be concerned to make sure that nothing is done that could put anybody in danger, which includes staying in our homes and not worry, this is exactly what a religious, that's, that's a chumrah. That's also the expression used, the Al-Tzamaq Tzadik uses it from the Al-Tzadik, but the chumrah is the kula. Not the opposite way, that's a distortion to say that, that the religious halach is, the, the surah is stronger than the sakana, God forbid. At the same time, remember that we have to keep our spirits up to know we're here for a reason, as I mentioned earlier. There's a purpose in all of this. What can we do to alleviate the situation, to make life easier, better? To make people who are brokenhearted, give them a little good, kind words, to be be there for a simcha for someone, even if you can't be physically, find creative ways to celebrate with someone. Dig deeper and find deeper ways to be kinder and gentler and better human being, a more godly person. Okay. So. Let me just make sure. I'm on. Okay. We're going to talk now about the period in which in. People have asked this question. A lot of people have asked this question. Being that we're now coming to Pesach, was there a time during the ten plagues that God commanded all the Jews in Egypt to stay indoors to be safe? Is this eerily similar to Corona quarantines and perhaps a sign of Mashiach's arrival? Another person asked, which I'll throw into this, is, can matzah heal the virus? Matzah is called the bread of healing. Can therefore matzah be used to cure coronavirus or at least to help a victim with his symptoms? So let me begin with that question, since it's in context of what we spoke about. You need to go to a doctor if you have any symptoms. Listen to what the doctor says. They call the doctor, whatever they instruct. Will it hurt if you eat matzah? I'm sure it won't hurt. But you need to listen to a doctor first and foremost. That we know that there are properties in matzah that can be healing? Absolutely. But that does not replace medical interventions, does not replace other things. And if a doctor tells you you shouldn't be eating matzah for whatever reason, that itself is a mitzvah from the Torah to listen to the doctor. So then the healing comes from not eating matzah. It doesn't always come from what we do. It comes from not what the Abishta wants us to do. Because it's all instruments of God at the end of the day. It's not whether we make sense to us or doesn't make sense. God can choose an instrument of not making a brach in a cell, in a prison cell, and that's God's mitzvah. And he can express his mitzvah by making a brach. The mitzvah could be by going to shul on Shabbos. The mitzvah could be by staying home and not going to shul. It's equal mitzvah, maybe even stronger, because you have to overcome your temptation, your desire, your habit to go to shul. Because that's what Hashem wants. We must know that. It's not about us. It's not about you and I. It's not what we think is right. It's not what even Arov thinks is right. Arov is telling you also what Tadus Hashem is saying. So it's not about logic. There's a logic to it. It's about how God wants us to behave in each circumstance. And there are things, Bekorach Nefesh says, that's what the Ebrister wants. For a person, because Bekorach Nefesh has to eat a piece of Nevela, of Chazer, on Yom Kippur. That's the mitzvah. That becomes, as the Alter Rebbe writes, Heter Gomor. 
in the Geras HaKedosh. Because that's a mitzvah. Why is it a mitzvah? Because it's keeping his life, keeping him alive. That's what Abishta wants. So it's all what God wants. Now as far as the similarities, so of course there's the Pesach, that has been already mentioned by quite a few. This is talking about actually a parsha we just read yesterday in Shul, Parsha Sachedish. So the Shabbos before the Shachedish Nisan, we read the Parshas, um, we, we read Parshas Sachedish. Um, actually, this Pasuk is already after Parsha Sachedish, a few Pasukim afterwards. But what is it? Basically, Achedish Azelachem. God is instructing Moshe that after these hundreds of years, 210 years of bitter Golos and Mitzrayim, you're finally going to leave. And this is the new month, and it begins instructing that on the 10th of the month you should bring a uh, calf, a, a Paschal lamb, rather, a lamb. And they should bring a carbon Matzai, Yudal by night, the night of Pesach, the Leil Tezvav, Chamish Asar. And you should stay at home that night, because Abraham says, I will pass through Mitzrayim, in every home that is with blood on it, the blood from the Korban Pesach, I will pass over. That's why Pesach, Passover. I will not touch those homes. So when Moshe repeats this mitzvah to the Eden, he tells them these words, and then he says, You should not leave from the door of your home till the morning. And Rashi says why? Because because the mashchis, the, destruct, the destructive force is out there. Is out there. But you could think then the Jews would have cowered in fear and be terrified of that night. No, what did they do that night? They ate a carbon Pesach. They celebrated the first of Pesach. So that would become the first that later old Pesach resemble and are commemorating that Pesach. The celebration of their beginning of their goal is Agula. was that night. While there was the epidemic outside. So you have a clear directive that you can say, it's not halachic directive, you see that there's a time to be at home. You could say, why did they go home? Why did they want to go outside? They want to hang out there? They're Jews? They suffered? But God came and distinguished between them and the others? No, there's a time to be at home and celebrate at home. Perhaps an explanation that we can derive from today is very straightforward. There's a time when we should be outside, when we should be socializing, when we should be in contact with others, and there's a time we have to be internal inside. Why? Because Pesach is about Ishu Beise, person and his home. That's why it also has the din of a carbon yochid in some ways, because it's personal, even though it also has elements of carbon sibur. And it's about strengthening your connection with your family. Could God have done it other ways? Yes. But you have a clear directive here. And when you go through the Psukim in Parshas Achedish, and I did, you could see, you could see lessons you can learn from. You have to always be careful not to overread into it, because it's not necessarily a prediction, but there are similarities and there are lessons to be learned from being at home. And when we probably say the Pesach, we will be home. We don't do that in the street, and we don't do it in Shul. This year, most likely, will not be public seders because of the sakana, the danger. That doesn't mean that anything is compromised. On the contrary, then it will be, in the fullest sense of the word, ishabese, in the homes, making a more intimate seder than ever before. Be creative about it. Don't look at it, oh, you know, we're locked in the house and we're so terrified and we're scared. 
There's Eicha Yoshva Bodad. We say in the saddest night of uh, the year, Tishabov. Eicha, alas, how sad that she sits alone. Who sits alone? Yerushalayim. Loneliness. That's one way you can look at isolation. Social isolation, social distancing. But then there's a pasuk, Am Levodad Yishkin. You're a nation that's singular, that's unique. That's also alone. But that's alone comes out of strength, not out of weakness. And that's how we have to transform this time. We have to do again everything possible to protect from the danger for ourselves, our families, and everyone around us. Everyone. There's no such thing as selfishness in a time like this. Because everything is contagious. Everything. Which teaches us how much we're interdependent. Also in a positive way. But also a negative way. But that's not meant to make us shrivel in corners and say, Oi, we're locked into the house because what's going on in my gaffa is an epidemic out there. It's because we can now strengthen our inner selves and the levodod is an isolation, but not of a negative sort. It's an isolation, like I said before, that soulfully we're connected more than ever. Physically, we're separate because a virus has attacked. We live in Golis. A virus has attacked human beings, the human race. And we have to do everything possible to not allow it to affect us, to undermine us, to hurt us, and God forbid to kill anyone. That's part of the gullus, that's part of the darkness. But that means that we have to use the opportunities that we have now to be home, to be with family, to be quarantined, not in a negative quarantine, a positive quarantine, because our souls are never quarantined. Okay. And that's how isolation and loneliness can be seen in a positive light, as someone asked. Let's revert. Let's revert I want to also refer you to another Pesach in Yeshaya. Chovov Chov, 2620. He says, Lech ami zam. Go, my people, come into your chambers and close your door about you. Hide for but a moment until the wrath passes. So there he's talking about the Nevoas, the future Gula, the prophecy about Gula, but he says there's a wrath. And therefore, for a moment, hide for but a moment and to close your door. That too can be seen in a negative way. It could also be seen in a positive way. Close your door so you can experience an intimate connection with God, an intimate connection with family, an intimate connection with friends, with Torah, with mitzvahs, with everything that's soulful and spiritual about who we are, our values. Until Ad Yavir Za'am. So Lechami Bobacha Come into your room and close your door. It's so eerily and uncannily connected and seems like literally being told to us today. But again, there's the negative side and we have to do everything possible for a health perspective. And there's the positive side, opportunities of deeper connection, of deeper commitment. Someone else pointed out, in this week's parasha, they're referring to Kisisa. God says that they shall wash their hands and feet so they will not die. He's talking about the Kayhanim, the Kir. Could this be the Torah giving us a way to prevent the coronavirus? As I said, I am reading it because someone wrote the question, and I want to 
negate immediately. Reading too much into verses is not a good thing because there, first of all, he's not talking about an epi- He's not talking about an epidemic or pandemic. He's talking about uh, a, a, a God forbid you're not allowed to and not supposed to in any way walk into the Beis HaMikdash in a certain way. So I don't want to make a connection. Are there the Muslim in it? There's always a hint, but they have to always qualify it, and I want to re- resist the temptation of sensationalism that people may have of reading too much into anything. But I'm just reading it for that purpose. Okay. So now let's go to maybe the most important part of all of this. And that is practical things to do and historical precedents. Any advice from the Rabbeim during epidemics? What can we practically do? So yes, so I've spoken about this last week, also three weeks ago, but because of the escalation and seemingly the, the urgency even that has clearly become more pronounced, I gathered together the different sources where this is talked about in detail. And um, I want to begin with this. That Leiden, Loyalenu, the woman Gefus, I mentioned before Dever that uh, Ramos spoke and speaks about in Yeridea. Uh, there are other places that references are made to different Magefus. I'll just mention as an aside, it's not maybe an aside, but um, in Menachem Mendel Vitebsker, who the Alter Rebbe considered as his Rebbe after the Magid Sistalkus, Menachem Mendel Haradoka writes in a letter how he was quarantined because he went off with Rabbi Aaron Kalsky, went to Eretz Yisrael, and they were quarantined, Buta Magefa from Purim till Atzeres, till Shavuos. He writes about it in a letter, of Mendel, Menachem Mendel Aradoka writes about it in a letter, in the Kuta Morim, in Mechtev Yud Gimel, the year Tovkuf Memvov, 1786, and he writes Barichus about it. So clearly, you see, first of all, that he was quarantined. And uh, I should also mention that the Chidah, there's a well-known story with the Chidah. Let me just pull it up. Oh. The Chidah too, famous Chidah. In 1774, Abchaim Yasef David Azulai, known as the Chidah, he traveled to raise money for the Holy Land when he was quarantined for 40 days in the port of Livorno, Italy, of all places. While in quarantine, he compiled one of the most famous works, Shem Hagdelim, a bibliography of great Jewish scholars who preceded him together with their works. This is one of his great works. So how he used the quarantine, I am sure that Mechem Mendel did the same, as did anyone else in these type of situations. So that just goes to show the lessons from that. Now, a little closer, we have, and let me just do this in order. The first time a plague is actually mentioned is, I believe, in Mitzrayim. Well, actually, no, incorrect. There's already a plague in Bereshis, Tafsholim, with Pare. But the plague for a collective group was with the one I just read earlier, what we read in Pasha Boy, 
where the Ebeshter says do not leave their house till the morning. But later there's another Magefa, and that's in Pasha's Kedach, the rebellion of Kedach. So let a plague strikes the Jewish people and thousands begin to die. What does Moshe tell Adam? He says to quickly take and bring Ketetis, the incense. And that will atone for their sin. That's the Psukim in Kedach. The Medrash and Chazal say, how does Moshe know that Ketetis would do it? Because the Gemara says that when Moshe was up in Shemayim, and he received the Torah, he also received gifts from different angels, and the Malach HaMovis of all angels, the Sotan, gave him the secret power of Ketetis, that that would protect from death. And that's why he told Adam to do that. Now we don't have Ketetis today, but we have clear documentation, starting from the Zohar, that talks about a story, how... Um, Ketetis was used to avert and to protect from a plague. Let me bring you the letter. The letter from the Tzemach Tzedek where he quotes the Zayat. This is the letter in the Igris Kedish of the Tzemach Tzedek. The new volume. Page. Just a moment. A lot of notes here. I have to just organize myself a bit. Page 15. So on page 15, the Tzemach Tzedek brings, and it's a story that happened that um, there was a plague that broke out in the time of the Mitla Rebbe, I believe 1824. But the Mitla Rebbe was not available, so they wrote to the Tzemach Tzedek, and he said, even though I'm not the person that worthy for you to, but how could I not respond to the COVID, the respect of the Tzibur? And he brings that we have something like this from the Alta Rebbe, who already said during a plague what to do, quoting the mice of Rav Acha in Zeir HaKodesh Chelek Alef, Daf Kuf Alef. And there it speaks clearly how there was a plague, and he said to read the Pasha's Ketetis, because by reading Kol Pasha, Kela, like it says, Kol HaEsek Betere, Ki'ilu Hikriv, so even though we don't bring actual Ketetis, by reading and learning it, they actually were able to re-counter some of the effects of the plague. That's what the Altar the Tzemach Tzadik brings. So where do we have from the Alter Rebbe something like this? So we have it in Me'eshadim, which is a safer print in earlier years. Me'eshadim, um, Chof Amad Beis, there's actually a letter from Maril, the Maril, which is the oldest son of the Tzemach Tzedek. So in page Chof, the bottom of Chof Amad Sof Amad Aleph. So the Maril, there was in Lepla, he says, there was a Zom, there was a, an epidemic. So he writes, so he writes, or Maril writes, that I received your letter, and Hashem should bless, there should be v'sadesi machlem mekir should eliminate all illnesses from you. And here's a settle, he says, a note of Zgulis from our grandfather, the Alter Rebbe. And there he says clearly, nochel limud b'chol beis It's appropriate to learn every shul. Now here we can't go to shul, so it's very clear, and there's another place in page 240, in in Yanim, it's quoted a little differently. There he doesn't actually mention Shul, but everyone should learn Pasha Ketetis and Peter Shrashi. Which means, That's in Pasha Tetzave. 
from Vasisim is Beich to the Sof. Then in Pasha Kisisa, last week's Pasha, Pasha Aleph, Pasuk Chavbez, at Sof Lamet Ches. Also with Peter Shashi, till the end of the Indian. And in Pasha Kedach, he says, Sifta Simen Tezayim, Pasuk Lamet Aleph, Adva HaMagefen Netzor. That doesn't, it doesn't bring that in the Neira Teira, but just he brings it there. And it says to read these Shnaim Echrov Targum, meaning to read both twice the Posuk and then the Targum, the translation. He says, Kach Azmur. That's how we received it from Azmur, which is the Alter Rebbe, a clear directive. Now, again, let me make this very clear. This is an addition to every medical and, uh, and health as- aspect that we need to do. This is what is brought. So the Rabbonim, when they gave out the Rabbonim of the community here in Crown Heights, they gave out and they mentioned this. And therefore, this is something we should do, including, he brings also, it's in addition, he brings to also learn the Rambam. That who can shall learn the Rambam should also increase in Zdoke. So that brings me to the second thing. So the first thing we just mentioned was the Ketedus. Second thing is Zdoke, charity. Zdoke Tatzel Memovis. And the Tzamech Sadeh brings that as well in his letters to the cholera breakouts that happened in that period in time. So the second thing, after we talked about um, uh, uh, learning Ketedus, is, is Zdoke. Let's get back to my notes here. In 1828 was the breakup between the time of the Tzamech Tzedek where he wrote about, uh, I mentioned 1828. And, uh, so he talks about Zdok and Tzamech Tzedek says, bringing from a Gerasakejus, that in Zdok itself we should give not in one shot to try to give several times during the day and there's some total of 18. So that's second Eitzah, Zdok. Third thing, also brought by the Tzamech Tzedek and he brings this in, that, in those letters that I mentioned. This is on pages I mentioned 14 to 17 in the Igris and pages 93 and 97. So he brings from Chazal story with Dovet HaMelech. In the time of Dovet HaMelech, there was a Magefe, an epidemic, claimed 100 people a day. So through divine inspiration, Dovet HaMelech understood the cause and instituted to recite Mei Brachas Bechol So the Alter Rebbe Tzamech says, we don't add to new Brachas, but to say these Brachas with Kavaneh, In 1848, the Tzemach says, should be an Osan Eitzah to deal with and counter some of the effects of the Magefa. Good. The next point, suggestion. We mentioned the Ketedus, we mentioned the Brachas, we mentioned Zdoka. Lima Dateda in general. Iralaf Nisan Tov Shemem Beis. I already cited it in the, in the Sicha that I, explained, I taught last Monday night, which you can find online at chassidahsupply.com to limadateda mevir fula elam. So when there's a new disease, the Rebbe says, we should add in adding a new, new, new cures. Starting from teda, which brings healing to the world. And specifically, the Friedrich Rebbe instituted Parsha Sashavur to learn the Parsha, Chitas, and Chazes Chaneket, Tov Shemem Vov, the Rebbe added Pei Gimel Halochus of Rambam, Pei Gimel's Gematria Machla. 
So Vasereisi called Machla, to remove a Machla is by learning Halachas and Teda. Teda removes Machlas. Again, I emphasize again, this is in addition to all the medical and health. This is all in addition. The next thing that Samach Tzadik in his letter writes, there should be no sikh. He brings from different places, from Reish's Chochmah. should be no sikh People shouldn't just talk folly, especially if they go to shul. Now that may not be relevant because we're not going to shul. Speak emes, to be medayik, to speak truth. And kibud because all these, he says, are zgulas for arichas yomim. This is all Samach Tzadik in the, in the Igres Kedesh, page 17. And finally, there's something that the Rebbe brings, but even before the Rebbe goes back to since Beis Nisan, the Rebbe Rashab. So in Igres Kedesh, Igres Kedesh, Chelek Vav of the Fidik Rebbe, in a letter dated Beis Ir Tavshin Beis, he brings a long story, very powerful story about his father, the Rebbe Rashab, And says, in the third son on Tuesday, 21st of Cheshvan, which would be a day after the, the um, Rebbe Rashab 37th birthday, my father went to visit, to visit all the tziyunim, all the oilim of Mezhibus, Pastov, Anipalaya, Berdichev, Hadich, Venezhin. The Rebbe in his footnote says, this is with the Baal Shem Tov, Tzien, Rabbi Vrama Malach, the Magid, the Ritzvah Baditshavir, the Alter Rebbe, and the Mitla Rebbe. And then he goes on to speak about he came to the city of Mezhibush, where the Baal Shem Tov is, and a whole long story that one of the older Chassidim there told about something that happened in the time of the Baal Shem Tov. He was an older Chassid. He says, I heard this from my father, my grandfather, who were there at the time. And they referred it to the Moifus Sefer Teda. There was a, a geifa that broke out in Mezhibus. Tovkuf Yud Beis. That was the year. So it would be 17... Uh, it, it, uh, 1752. A, a geifa Kitrug was on Mezhibus and many people, men, women and children died came sick, and some of them to the point that they died. They came crying to the Baal Shem Tov, and he told them to pray for them, and he said, I cannot help you. You have to be able to help yourself, and he told them two things they have to do to get rid of the Gzeda. One is to say, and till him, and write a Sefer Teda where everybody will participate. And when they did that, it actually caused the Magefa, the epidemic, to stop. And that's why they called it the Mephis Sefer Teda, and they actually stayed in Mezhubos all these years. The letter is all published, so you can look it up in detail. So it's pretty obvious, when there's a time like this, it says Gula, to write a Sefer Teda. But to take it a step further, in Tavshim Membez, 1940, uh, 1981, at the end of 81, Shabbos Parshim Miketz, and Zeis Chanaka, the the Rebbe spoke then to the children. So the Rebbe quoted a posik, that was when the Rebbe came out, the Mifzok, Siva Sefer Teda, to write a Sefer Teda. So the Rebbe brought a posik. I'm reading here from the Sikh of Zeis Chanaka, Toshim and Bezim, Lukut Sikh is Chelik Chof, the Sophist, volume 20, 
page, at the bottom of page 505 and on. She says, Daniel. I remember it vividly. I remember preparing the Sikh and the Rebbe edited it very heavily. In Sefer Daniel it says this, a promise. Ube'esahi. At that time, and the Rebbe says, there's man somach, the time close to Bias Mashiach. Yamed Michal Hasar HaGadl. Michal, the great minister, stands in support of the sons of your nation. Ha'imed al-bnei amcha. Will stand up. This is the special angel that protects Eden. That's the Rebbe's words. Bashitz the Midrash and Falk and Yedr Eid B'miyuchad. And then he continues. It will be a time of calamity. Time of calamity. The likes of which will never have been from when there was a nation until then. You hear? A calamity that never existed. Unprecedented. At that time your nation will be saved. Those who will be found inscribed in the Sefer. So how do we tell you? Call Hanimtza because of the Sefer. Yedrid was a fashribin in Sefer that Nitzel. As Rishenim explained, the Rebbe brings the Rishenim, call Hanimtza because of the Sefer, call him, call your social, call him, call him, call him, call him, Those that are written in the Sefer Tehidah will be protected from this calamity, this unprecedented calamity. So, it's very clear the importance of writing a Sefer Tehidah in this time. And I want to commend a group of Chassidah who actually initiated the writing of a Sefer Tehidah and want to encourage everybody to participate in this writing. So they created a special website. Looking for my, again, my notes. They brought a special website that has been established, I apologize, unitedforprotection.com. So I encourage every one of us, everyone that you can reach, to go there to unitedforprotection.com and buy an Austin the Safe Potato. It's an additional zgula, straight from the, from the Svarim, as I quoted. Both from the Rebbe and Tovshim and Beis, and from the famous, and from the letter, that happened with the Rebbe Rashab, the Baal Shem Tov's times, to help mitigate and help counter. Because at the end of the day, in addition to all the physical things that we need to do, and I keep repeating that, because I don't want anyone to make to get the wrong impression that it's something only Ruchnizdik, we have to also do whatever we can Ruchnizdik. Because if we can nip it in the bud, in a Ruchnizdik way, also physically will have impact. But the way the Ebishter told us to do it is to combine both together. And that's the only way we can do it. There's no other way around it. The same God that created the physical world created the spiritual realities that shape the physical world. And it's actually Hashem Echad. It's only one reality. But part of that reality is Verapa Yerapa, Nitn Rishus Lerefa Lerapis. The Ebishter wants us to use all the methods to not rely on miracles. At the same time, to be mispal and to do everything we can They go hand in hand to be responsible because a sakona is nothing to be tampered with. 
that's also part of Teda and Hawaka. And we need to be responsible and at the same time to fortify and strengthen our Neshamas in this challenging time. So, I hope I did some justice in covering this broad topic. I would rather not have to talk about it again, but I assume we will because it's not gone yet. Hopefully we'll all be gone long before our next time of Machsidah uh, Supplied, which is next Sunday, my life Machsidah Supplied. There were other topics I wanted to talk about, especially the Sikh of the Rebbe Vayakel, 28 years ago, the last Sikh Le'esata that we heard from the Rebbe, where the Rebbe talks Vayakel and Pekude were separate then, but he talks about Vayakel as being, when Vayakel and Pekude are together, so you have the emphasis on Vayakel is the group gathering together, the power of the synergy. Pekude is counting each one, the power of the individual. When they're separate, then you see the power of the gathering even before the individual. And he speaks interesting things that I think are relevant to our time. But one thing I want to end with and conclude with, that we're coming now from Vayakal Pekude and going into Vayikra, that Vayakal this year goes together with Pekude. The emphasis on both the group and the individual. Because the group cannot be complete without the individual. If one person is hurt, it hurts us all. But then you could say, how does Vayakal fit in our time? We're told not to gather. We're told not to physically gather. But there's another form of gathering. Neshamas gather. When we're at home, we gather with our families, we gather with others. As I mentioned before the Simcha, we can gather with people even if we're not physically there. Because Neshamas, Kula Masimas. It's the Gufim that separate us. Our bodies separate us. But Neshama, we're all connected even if we're physically apart. Even if we're socially distant, socially isolated, but spiritually we're connected. So they let us have this Vayakel now, continuing into the Pasha Vayikra and on, a true Vayakel. The Vayakel, not just of bodies gathering together, of Neshamas coming together, and soon, very soon, we'll be able to join all together in Kol God Yeshuvahena, in a way where we physically and spiritually are all connected. I remember the the Tovshin Lamad Ches, when the Rebbe had the heart attack, that sad, we were all crying, and the Rebbe was crying. When he spoke that Sicha after Yontem, Mitzoy Sim the Rebbe's opening words were that even though we're Gashmis, we're not together, but Baruchnis were together. And through Machshidim, we can communicate to each other. So that's not what we want, but that doesn't mean we're not together, even under those circumstances. So we have a true Vayakal and a true Pekude and a true Vayikra. Vayikra Tov Shemem Zayin, the Rebbe spoke the powerful Sicha, printed in Sefer Asriyos Tov Shemem Zayin, by the Rebbe Rashab, by the Nitzchis of Nesim, that the Nesim are with us forever. They're eternal. A powerful story of a hundred years ago that the Prithi could have put into the Maimed. Zohar Asher Oselach HaMolik. A hundred years ago, the same Maimed that the Rebbe Rashab concluded with, the Prithi could have began with. And what does he say in that Maimed? He brings the story that in Tafresh Mem Hei or Mem Vov, when he was a little child, five, six years old, the Prithi could have, he saw the Rebbe Rashab walk into the Rebbe Ramarash's room. It was after the Istalkus, Mem Gimel. And he stood there crying with a gartel, like as if he stood there, Bechayov, to demonstrate the nitzchis of the Rabbeim. So the Rabbeim are with us, they give us keiches, and they give us the keiches of the bringing us all together spiritually to get through this challenge and the value of each individual all joining together, going into Vayikra, Yikra, the Gili of Atzmus itself, 
as the Alter Rebbe explains in the Kutateta, that's why it doesn't say Mihu Amidaber, it doesn't say Vayikra El Mi. Usually it says Vayikra El It says No Yikra. It doesn't say El Because you have the Gili of the Etzem, and we should have that Gili Etzem and Giluim in a way that we can join together, celebrate together, and rejoin together with all of us, with all the Rebbe, and with everyone going, March to the Gula, Amitiz Vashlema. This has been my life, Chassidah Supplied, a special edition, part three. We're here every Sunday, 8 to 9 p.m. Please submit your questions at chassidahsupplied.com. Any comments, any feedback, any ideas of how we can expand programming that we service to you, service to your families, to students, to children, to anyone that you feel we can help with, please just let us know and we'll do our best. We will announce different programs coming, as I mentioned, different releases. Go to chassidahsupplied.com. Um, uh, and, and you can find more resources, as well as at meaningfullife.com slash coronavirus, where we have a special section that is being updated daily with all kinds of new and powerful, empowering resources in these challenging times. Uh, everyone be well, and be a frelechavach, a healthy week. Stay well. Begashmis and beruchnis, and Amishta should protect us all and protect anyone that needs a complete refur shlema. Should be complete in Gansen Bishlemus, like Lechatchilay Osimelecha, and we should no longer have to talk about these machlis and epidemics, only talk about healthy things and march into the Gula, the Brias and the in the healthiest possible way, all of us together and each one individually. Thank you very much. This program is brought to you by My Life, Chasidis Applied. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at chasidisapplied.com slash donate.